How to Be 60 takes a trip down Coronation Street this week with Sally Dinever, a.k.a. Sally Metcalf, a character she's played for 38 years. But who knows, change may be a-coming. Now I'm 60, I definitely feel I should be throwing caution to the wind a bit more and, and doing all the things that I'd really like to do, which I'm definitely going to do. And I'm wondering how to be 60 It's scaring the shit out of me Hello everybody, it's time for another How To Be 60 with me, Kay Adams, and she, Karen McKenzie. And now, if we could have a little bit of silence, please. Karen would like to make a public apology to me. On you go. About what? Come on. Well, give me a clue. Well, it's perfectly obvious, isn't it? The the light's broken? No. Is it the heating? It's, it's, it's like a bloody sauna in here now. I think we've reached the dizzy heights of about 12 degrees. You, I don't, I don't, you're really going to annoy me. Come on. I'm actually about to strip off. It, it is, is lovely and warm. like a bucket. It's, it's lovely as warm, warm as anything. I've taken my thermometer with me from the greenhouse. See, see, I've spiked your guns. I've spiked your guns. Right, let's see the thermometer. It's 20. 20. That's coming back every week, Kay. Come Not on. for this week. It's 20. It is actually really pleasant. Can it's we... an acceptable level to work at. Is that the apology? I think I could have probably sued you. <laughs> no, no. Previous no. weeks. Uh, the apology? What's the apology for well, because you're always slagging me off for being freezing, and today it's beautiful, it's warm, it's tropical. Okay, I'm sorry it's warm in here. It does, the apology doesn't work. Oh, I can't get anything well, out it's of It's lovely you. and warm. I think what you're trying to say is, can you thank me, or can I thank you? Yes, yes. No, I thank you. It's it's actually pleasant Good, in good, here. good, good. Well, listen, don't get used to it, because... Um, I'm just, as soon as we leave here, I'm going to whack the heating off again because I'm only doing it because... Why are you doing it? Is it for me? No, no, no. I've had people to see the house. Oh, my God. What, like viewers? Yes, viewers. And you took them up to the Norman Bates attic? <laughs> yes. Seriously? They probably were looking in the cupboard for a body. I wasn't here. <laughs> I should have been a murderer. <laughs> Seriously? You've actually yes. had people around? Yeah. Oh, my God. What a stressful weekend I've had. Tidying out all the crap. I, I mean, the amount of black bags that have gone out of this house. I'd is love incredible. to have it through them first. And cleaning. Can you not see it? You could eat your dinner I off the floor. I did notice the stairs were incredibly clean. None of those little... Shut beats. up. Don't talk about that. I've got viewers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's been so. Have you done it yourself? No, I've had a lot of help. I mean, it's been, it's actually been really stressful. No, really sure. stressful. Well, it's up there with death and divorce, isn't it? It's, but you feel almost as if you're, you're putting your house into an audition. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People are to, coming to, to be judge. judged. It's like yes. watching your child at a school play and hoping that they don't mess up. Yeah, you know, right. and what if they're anything other than completely complimentary about it? Well, apparently it? one liked it and one wasn't too keen. Said there was too much work to be done. Oh my god! Well, there is a one thing. Shh. I mean, no. and it's actually, you know, you hear that and you say to the stage, and all oh, right, that's fine, of course. And you're thinking, bastard. I, uh, yeah, I've decided that I'm going to sell before I buy. 
I think that's a good idea with yeah. a house this size. Mm-hmm. So yeah. obviously I might find myself in between houses. So I was wondering if I could move in with you for a few months, just if I have that little bit of gap between selling and buying. There's a camper van available. I'm absolutely happy to. I'm not actually, that's probably about a thousand a week, actually, the going rate. There's no way I'm living in a camper van. You <laughs> could go in the camper van and I could move into, I'll rent your house. Watch your bottle. Yeah, you're just scared if that I'm Stephen falls in love with me. That's your problem. Oh, 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 hang on a minute. I'll just pick myself up. It's difficult, though, God. like deciding where to go. How small do you go? Yeah. You know, well, I, I think there's quite a few stages here before you go to small coming from this house. No, but, but the thing is, it's stupid. I spoke to my friend who's a lawyer and she's really good at these things. She said, your next house has to be like your final resting place. Jesus. Because it's, that's quite I know, I know, because it's expensive right. to buy and sell houses. So I've, the next one has got to be the final one, the final well, resting place. Yeah, it's expensive, but you know, people make mistakes. And you know what? If you go to the next place and you have shit neighbours, I'm mean, actually it depends what you're looking for. I wouldn't be thinking this is my final resting place. Are you in your final resting place? I um, no, actually, when I go up north. I think, oh, God, it'd be lovely to come back actually to this area because it's, you know, more remote and there's lovely walks. And when I'm in the moment, I think that. And then I come back to Glasgow and I think, no, this is my home. So I possibly am right. not okay. prepared to get a stairs. And how big is your house? It's a three-bedroom. Has it got stairs? Yeah, it has. Well, see how you're going to so manage that level. and your dotage. She said a stair lift. You're going to get a stair lift. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be as fit we, as a we, fiddle. We could get a brand deal with a stair lift company. Oh, right. Sora Heard did it. Sora Heard, I know, she did it, yes. Anyway, it's been a difficult time, actually, because Denise, I shouldn't say her name. I've just said her name. Um, Denise? No, this is a lady who was like a childminder for 21 years. Right, So she's retired at the age of 73. What? Oh, my God, seriously? Yeah, so she's not with us anymore. Um, I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Well, so, when I say she's not with us anymore, she's just retired. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> You're shocked because I thought she's all right. Yes. She's an Asda at the she moment. Absolutely. <laughs> fine. Fit as a fiddle. Do you know? That, that happened with me, with my neighbour. In fact, we talked about it last night that an elderly neighbour across the road had gone into hospital and I spoke to his son and he said, Oh, he's not looking great. Do you know he's lost weight? Anyway, the next thing is I was telling my neighbour, just, you know, another neighbour, and then I got a text from her saying, just to let you know, uh, Jack's just passed. And I said, God, Stephen, Stephen, Jack's just died. Oh, my God. And he said, well, when did you find out? When did he die? And I said, I've just been told. It's just happened, Fiona said, this afternoon. And he said, what, what did she say? Jack's just, oh, past the window. <laughs> I was honest to God on the point of going across the road and saying, I am so sorry about your dad. So I'm glad about Denise. She's, she's still, still alive. alive. She's still alive. But she, you know, so the final day came and I wept like a baby. Okay. Because it's like 21 was... years of your life. I mean, I remember the day that she came into our house when oh. Charlie was six weeks old. And, you know, so she's been part of her life for all that time. Oh, my God. I, oh my god I was so oh. upset and I was crying she was like bye see ya she wasn't <laughs> she, she was not crack a light is that right <laughs> I know she's all right Glasgow <laughs> isn't she she's great she trotted out oh the door oh but I was very upset anyway what have you been up to what have I been up to well actually all the sisters got together so 
I've got four sisters. Yeah, I've got it's like three the sisters. Beverly sisters in a spare, isn't <laughs> <I know>. it? <laughs> uh, I've got a sister, the oldest one in Chicago. I've got the next one in New Zealand. I've got one in London, and then there's me in Glasgow. Oh, it's so weird that they lead such exciting life, and and you know, <laughs> and I'm sitting here with you. Yeah, You're absolutely right, Kate. Yeah. Anyway, we got together for the first time in eleven years. Stop making out. It's really hot in here. It's not that warm. It's pleasantly warm. It's tepid. Um, so we got together first time in eleven years. First time since my mum's funeral, actually, and uh, back in the family home. It was just, wow. yeah, it was nice. And we were only sort of there for about 36 hours altogether. Then I had to come back to Glasgow. Did you revert to childhood roles? Uh, no, no. We managed to hold it together because it was only 36. Right. What hours. do you mean you managed to hold it together? Well, as soon as somebody leaves the room, oh, can you get a stick of the fire? Can you do this? Oh, can you make, put the kettle on? You know that way. Yeah. As soon as somebody moves. So you're really reluctant to, to go out the door. Um, I was the baby. Probably the spoiled brat. Um, so I got off with a lot of stuff. Yeah. That nobody else would. So you're now a 63 year old baby. Spoiled brat. Nothing's changed. Isn't it? F- I find I that know. amazing. No matter how old we get, when you get to that sort of family thing. And when you go back home, when you go same. back to the. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You just go back to that. I saw that yes. beautiful photograph that you sent, actually. Where were you? Oh, um, my cousin took us to Loch Ennach, which is a place that my father spent many a, a day. And uh, I'm not sure that he was a gamekeeper, but he was about 19 in that in that photograph. And he was leading this horse along by the water and it does stag line over it. And uh, yeah, it was such a lovely day. And we only had a very short window of just Sunday and the sun was split in the sky. It was gorgeous. Lovely, lovely special memories. Really nice. That's good. Yeah. Well, we yeah, like a bit good. of nostalgia. Yeah. Going to yep. take you back to the days when you used to sit and watch Coronation Street. Oh, my God. Well, I was born and brought up. I know who you were. The only people that you recognise that we ever speak to in this <laughs> podcast is anyone who's been in Coronation Street. Except has been to Sally today. Yes. And that's Sally Dinevern, not I Sally know. Webster. Can you please thank God her first name's Sally? Oh, oh, I know. It's okay. I've done that. 37 years, Sally. Yep, yep, has been in Coronation Street. That must be changed, I have to say. She's she has exactly the same. I have got a bit of a quandary, actually, and that is what email to read with Sally because right. I got one in asking advice about vibrator use. What? It's apropos to nothing. This is yes, crazy. yes. And um, I just didn't know whether it was Sally's bag. And so I spoke to Denise Welsh, um, who is a big <laughs> right. friend of, All right, of right, Sally's. Right. And I said, Sally, what do you think? I'm not sure that this email is going to be Sally's bag. And she says, oh, Sal's going to love it. She's going to absolutely love it. She loves talking about things like that. Really? She said, we just got told off in a restaurant talking too loudly about masturbation. Sal is going to love it, she said. Well, there you are. But, because we don't hear conversations like that in Cody. But I'm still not convinced. So I've decided I'm going to keep it for Bonnie Langford uh, because we've got Bonnie Langford coming up and she's theatrical. So they're into things like vibration. Vibrators, and I also thought, what a really good name for a vibrator! Opportunity knocks. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and that's where Bonnie started. <laughs> so Sally is breathing a sigh of relief in that she's not going to have to chat about vibrators. Oh, not um, from you, I couldn't maybe bring up. No, 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 no. I don't think so. And um, before we go into the email of the week, did you catch me on James Martin's Saturday Kitchen? No, I don't watch daytime telly. I'm Jesus sorry. Christ, you never watch me on anything. I didn't know you were on. But could you pay some attention to my career? Oh my God. Right. Sorry. 
You're never off the flaming telly. God, what were you doing? Um, I was just sitting there eating food, and I've got this lovely email from Carol. This isn't the email of the week, by the way. Um, she says, I watched you on James Martin Saturday morning. All right. You looked fabulous, by the way, she said. All right, I'm out Nordic walking on the Saturday morning. Yeah. So you look fabulous. Apparently. Excellent. Excellent. But I wholeheartedly disagree. Ooh. With your comment that at 60, you've got as far as you can go and it's time to stop and enjoy the view. I am 62 and I'm on the beginning of a new journey in life as I turn my passion for acting into my profession, which I intend to do until I drop. I've just managed to get spotlight accreditation, equity membership and an agent. I work hard to keep physically and mentally strong. It's a tough business, obviously, but I am up for it. So, Carol, there you go. Listen, what I bow to you. Absolutely, more than happy to take that one on the chin, That's and excellent. and good luck. So you I, can have a new career at this age, and so I'm saying to people, suggestions for Karen <laughs> to have a new career. Right, I'm podcast I'm, at htb60.com. What can Karen do <laughs> that's useful? That's finally, useful. at the age of sixty-three. Yeah, I am sixty-three. I'm into yes. Yes, coming up for 64. I know. Which means you're coming up for 61. Yes, but you're going to have a new career and people are going to get in touch. And they're don't, going to don't bother mentioning the stage. I've done that. It didn't work out. So, oh, no, it didn't. No, it, it didn't work no, out. No, no. Right. Well, no. So she's not going to be on the stage, the people. No, Something else. Happening. Something yeah. else. So you're ready for email of the week? Yeah, I love this. I love this. Good. Yeah. Well, do you remember Maria? Who wrote to us in the summer and she was diagnosed with endometrial yes. cancer yeah. at age 65. Um and it was a huge shock, obviously, mm-hmm. and she had the surgery and she's been in touch a couple of times, which is great. And she was waiting for the biopsy. Um, so, Maria, thank you very much. She's got in touch again just to keep us um, nice. uh, up Informed to speed with what her. she's doing. Um, she said, my biopsy results weren't as good as I hoped for, unfortunately. Uh, there were cancer cells found in my tumour and also in the muscle of my womb, but uh, none, thank God, in my lymph nodes uh, that was also sent for biopsy. The good news is that they think all the cancer is out, but as a preventative measure to stop reoccurrence from cancer, I have to have 25 treatments of radiotherapy to the pelvis. Um, I had my radiotherapy planning CT scan yesterday, uh, at the end of the scan, I had a few permanent marks, tattoos on my pelvis, uh, which are used in the design of the treatment. Not as bad as I thought it would be. The staff were truly wonderful, patient, caring, really supportive. And the staff and the team from yesterday are the team that will continue with me for the 25 treatment sessions, which starts next week. And that's a great comfort to me. Yeah. Scary time for me, says Maria, obviously. Um, but hopefully it will reduce the likelihood of the recurrence from cancer. And she signs off onwards and upwards. Good, Maria. Very positive. Good for you. That's yeah. great, isn't it? It's great. And yeah. honestly, it's great that you keep in touch I with us, so uh, Maria. We really do. Know. When I look at my little email box and I see an email from you, um, I'm always keen to see how you are. So um, we are with you. Onwards and upwards, indeed. Know, right. Let's speak to Sally after this. So, Sally, did I make the right call on the vibrator <laughs> chat, leaving it for Bonnie Langford? Yeah, I think Opportunity Knocks is a much better thing than Corrugation <laughs> Street. So, yes, yes, give it to Bonnie Langford. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie's next week. She's going to be looking forward to that, isn't she? <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you know what? Denise Welsh had you absolutely up for it. She really did. Oh, Sal, I love it, she says. I'll tell you what, I would talk to you about it in private, but not in front of millions of people. 
Oh, you know what? Denise Welsh takes credit for most of the things in your life. Do you know that? I mean, she says that it was only when Natalie Barnes came into Coronation Street that brought Sally alive. Uh, she's also responsible for your younger daughter's career, I think. Um, and there was probably another few things. I don't know if you realise how grateful you need to be to Denise Welsh. Oh, do you know, I am so grateful to Denise because she's just She's just an amazing friend, isn't she? I was just saying to somebody this morning that I've never met such a loyal friend. When you're a friend of Denise's, you know you've got Denise for life and and she's just wonderful. Every time I see her, I just get so excited because she's got so many things to tell you. I'm kind of living through her life, you know. It's so exciting that I'm just seeing what she has to say. She's she has got so many stories. She's great. Yeah. I had breakfast with her the other week, and it's like by ten o'clock in the morning, I'm absolutely buzzing. I mean, she's yeah. oh, lovely. Isn't yeah. it? oh, she's just such yeah. an energy. A joy to be with. I know she is. But yeah, she did say she really... that you got told off in a restaurant for talking about masturbation. Yeah, we did actually. Yeah, yeah. Do tell more. Do tell. We were a bit too loud. There was about. There must have been about six women, and of course, Denise was holding court. And we were all getting louder and louder and louder. And then I think that tables behind us were like, oh, bit shocked with what we were saying. So <laughs> we realised we had to uh, we had to whisper a little bit more. But anyway, it's always good fun when when we see Dan. And uh, yeah, she's she's a friend for life. I think actually she said not that she's indiscreet or anything because she's just relayed <laughs> your entire conversation to me um, that you were maybe talking about your daughter Phoebe in Bridgerton because of course. She's exploded in terms of her career, hasn't she? Yes, yeah. It's been yeah quite a few, a couple of years to be honest. It's been quite amazing, really. What's um yeah, it's been exciting. It's been very exciting. Um, what is it like to see? I mean, you you've been in Coronation Street for thirty seven years, and you know you're an absolute fixture, stalwart. You know, such a strong character in it. But now you see your children coming up, and Hattie, your youngest, is also going into the same career. She's in Waterloo Road. That does that feel like a kind of almost not a changing of the guard, but do you know what I mean? You must really feel the wheels of time turning. Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful because you always, you know, when they were little, it was always like, you know, don't put them on the stage, Mrs. Robinson. That's what people say, don't they? And then my mother-in-law, Tim's mum, said, oh, it's the most wonderful profession in the world and you'll meet the loveliest, loveliest people. And from then on, I just thought she's absolutely right. It doesn't matter, you know, if you want to act, it's it's in you have to do it because and you can't do anything else because that's really all you want to do, and yeah, for the girls, it's they love it. And even if you know you might not be working for, you might have like Phoebe nearly gave up before Bridgerton, so you know she was on her way home saying, "I've had enough, really. This is too hard." She never would have given up. I know she wouldn't. But then, of course, this is the magic of this job is that suddenly the phone goes and your life's changed. But I suppose you have you maybe haven't had that, though, unusually in your profession, because having had a role like, you know, Sally Webster for 37 years, it's been a constant in, in an unusual way, isn't it? It has. I mean, it's the perfect for me. It's been of course, I've missed out on doing, you know, lots of different things, but it's enabled me to have, you know, be at home and bring up my children and and um, and that was really important to me. I didn't want to be traveling around and doing, I wanted to be at home and go home at night and put them to bed and those sorts of things. And 
And I, you know, when I first started Cory for the last, well, forever, really, I've just had the best storylines. So I always thought to myself, if I leave, where am I going to go that I would get these wonderful storylines and these wonderful tales to tell anywhere else? And, and the reality is that I probably wouldn't get the jobs that I would really want to do anyway. So I'm really happy with my decision and to stay um, with Corrie for so long. It's, it is a family. It's, it's a wonderful place to work. It's wonderful when actors come in and they say, oh my gosh, this is the nicest place I've ever worked. I'm so proud of that. You know, the team are wonderful and the crew I've grown up with, the makeup girls, the, the cameramen, um, you know, the cast. We've we've grown old together and it's a privilege. I mean, the other day I saw, you know, there was six makeup girls having a drink and I joined them and we've, we've all got so much of our lives have been shared together. I feel like the luckiest person ever to be on Coronation Street for such a long time. It's been the best job I could have possibly. And I never, you know, I left drama school. I, I thought I'd been working for two weeks on something. And I never, ever in a million years thought I'd be somewhere for 30, 38 years. I mean, it's just crazy. Let's go back to when you left drama school. What what were your yeah. ambitions at that point? And you were saying about your girls, if you want to act, you've got to act. Is that yeah. what you felt at that time? Oh, yeah. I mean, in fact, um, we were talking about it yesterday. Hattie said, when did you know that you wanted to be an actor? And I said, well, um, I'm, you know, I was from a very working class area and um, the only prospects that I had were go and work in the factory down the road. There was a cigarette factory down the road and people said, oh, you're not very, you know, you're not academic. You'll be, you'll be end up working there. And then when I was 13, I went to a drama club, Oldham Theatre Workshop, where a lot of um, young people from Oldham went. There's a lot of actors, you know, Surround Jones and Anthony Cotton. There's hundreds of us that, and this man changed my life. David Johnson changed my life because I walked in at 13 shy and not knowing, you know, where my life was going to take me. And he told us all we could be who we wanted to be. We didn't have to be in the box. We could... We could be whoever we wanted to be. And he inspired me so much. And from that first day of walking into David Johnson's drama group, I thought, this is what I want to do. This is the, these are the people I want to be with. I want to be with inspiring people. And, and they really were. And they changed, they actually physically changed my life. That day I thought, right, that's it. And I, I went back to school. I remember going to school and they were saying, so Sally, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I really want to be an actress. And they were like, <laughs> You're ridiculous. You can't be that. And and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, well, there's nothing else that I want to do. That this is it now. David's shown me a new I've had my eyes out. What were your family like when you said that's it? I'm not going to the cigarette factory. I, I want to be an actor. Yeah, I mean, they were fine. I got a grant. Well, you see, in those days I was different. You got a grant to be able to go to drama school and I moved away and went to London and um and yeah, they were they were very supportive, really. I mean, they didn't really understand the the world, to be honest. But you know, they they never stopped me. They never said you can't do that. But they didn't really understand, you know, what it entailed and what I was doing, really. But then, you know, many years later, my dad said, "Oh, do you know, I wish I'd been an actor, Sally. I really do." Um, and I obviously never 
you know, came into his life either. But it was funny when he said that to me because my dad was, you know, larger than life. And I thought, yeah, he would have been a great actor, but obviously never had that. I, I had that lucky going to David Johnson's when I was 13. My dad didn't get that opportunity. So it is, it's sliding doors, isn't it? I mean, you just don't know. So what were your ambitions then when you were first starting out? Oh, well, so I left um, drama school and did different jobs and and really loved it. But I was always broke. I had no money. Like I was living on jacket potatoes, you know, and that was it. And trying to pay my rent. And it was quite a tough time. And then suddenly I got a job on Corrie. And I was only expecting to do two episodes. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is great. Two episodes of Corrie. It's amazing. And, um, yeah, and I got I got paid and I was like, oh, wow, this is incredible. And then they said, do you want to do a year? And I was like, a year? Wow, yeah, go on. And, um, yeah, so it's just gone on like that. But, you know, it's such a wonderful job and I really enjoy it so much that I'm staying. Do you ever think that maybe you might have missed out on something by having this wonderful steady job for so many years, whether it is travel or trying something else? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I yeah the idea of traveling around the world i remember i met a journalist it was years and years ago and she said she'd just been around the world she'd taken her children out of school they were only little and she went around the world in a camper van for a year and she said it was the best thing she'd ever ever done and I, she was telling me all the stories and i remember thinking i went back and i said to tim oh, i think we should pack our jobs in take the kids out of school and we should go around the world in a camper van <laughs> and tim was like yeah yeah we should of course, we never did. You know, we can't do everything. But yeah, that is probably one of my regrets. <laughs> so what stopped you? What stopped you? Oh, I, I suppose it's life, isn't it? It's life, like you know, kids going to school and mortgages to pay and all those things. But as I get older, I'm getting a little bit more, um, oh, sod it, let's just go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think now I'm you know how to be 60 now I'm 60 I definitely feel I should be throwing caution to the wind a bit more and and um doing all the things that I'd really like to do which I'm definitely going to do definitely that sounds so good and I would <laughs> love to hear that you're taking some time out and actually doing some traveling in a camper van even go for it Sally what <laughs> <laughs> you should you're really making me want to do it my god yeah what's to stop you well, I know now the children have all grown up. I mean, Hattie's going to be 20 next week. And Tim and I said this morning, oh, my gosh, Hattie's 20. You know, where did those years go? They'd just flown by. And I don't know. It's just it's strange, isn't it, when your children get older and they all leave and then you're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Where do we start? We need to write a list of all the things we want to do. So are you kind of think? it sounds as if you are thinking about the next stage then and, and at 60 is a meaningful number for you. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah, it definitely is. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't want to go into too much detail about this, but I've had quite a tough year this year. My husband's been poorly. Uh, he's going to be fine, but we've um, we've been through quite a tough year. And, um, you know, my 60th year, we had lots of things planned this year, which we've not been able to do. And um, so now we're both going, right, wait for 2024. We're going to seize it and do all the things that we really, and we're writing lists of things we'd like to do. Because, you know, you always think you're, I don't know, you're going to live forever and you're going to be healthy forever. And, and then suddenly these things, these blips in our lives happen. 
And then you suddenly start going, right, right, what do we really want to do? What do we need to do? So next year is going to be a wonderful, we're both very, very positive people. So, you know, we're excited about next year's journey. And to be honest, I'm really 59 this year because I said, you know, my 60th birthday was a washout. So I'm still 59 and we're going to do it next year. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, well, you say blips, obviously when you were diagnosed with, with breast cancer, well, I wouldn't diminish it by calling it a blip, but you were only 46 at that stage. Yes. Yeah. And and again, I mean, this story everyone knows, but yeah, if it wasn't for doing the story in the share, I, I probably wouldn't have ever have thought that that could happen to me. I didn't have breast cancer in my family. Well, actually, I later found out that my mum's mum had had breast cancer, but it's not, I've not got the uh, BRCA gene. So um, yeah, it was a, a massive shock for me. And um, I'm, I'm so young and Hattie was only five or six and you know it was quite a, a, a tough a tough time for us it is remarkable to think as you say if sally webster hadn't have had a storyline for breast cancer you probably would not oh my god i, yeah. I mean no how did the two come together well um we at that time we had a nurse working on 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 a tie tv actually and um she had a little office and if you ever had a headache or something you'd go and see her on this particular day, I had like three scenes off and then I had lots of scenes. I was reading the scripts and they'd given me a bunch of scripts that were all to do with the breast cancer. And um, I suddenly thought, oh my gosh, I'm sure I felt something the other day, but oh, it's nothing. But anyway, I've got, I've got two scenes off. I'm just going to go and see um, Corinne, the nurse. So I popped down and saw her and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, this is what we all do. I'm wasting your time. Um, I'm really sorry. I, I shouldn't be here. I'm fine. She felt it and said, I think you should go tonight and see Lester Barr. Lester was actually doing the research on the script. So uh, we had a good contact with him. He said, come tonight. So I went straight after work and um, and he felt it. Actually, now he told me that he knew straight away when he felt it that it was cancer, but he didn't tell me. He sent it off for a biopsy and then said he'd tell me on the Friday. But the Friday I was filming all the scenes where Sally tells Kevin she's got breast cancer. How could I have done that if I'd known I had it myself? Right. So I said, don't tell me. I don't want to know. But I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to be absolutely fine. But, you know, I'll I'll wait till Friday night when I've done all those scenes because there's just no way I want to know now. And, um, and skipped to the hospital, really. Tim and I didn't have any – never in a million years. But when he told me, I, I collapsed on the floor and um, – and then woke up and said, I think you're mixing me up with my character. And he said, no, I'm, I'm not. It's You've got it. Which, oh, my gosh, you know, that, that it's awful because as well what happened was I, I was in, like, denial saying, well, I'll just go in, I'll have the lumpectomy, and then I'll be back in work next week, and then we can carry on. I mean, it's really weird how our brains work. And then it was only when I'd done that and then the biopsy came back and I needed chemo that I realised actually – I can't carry on with this storyline. I've got to go. But it was such an important storyline for me and probably the biggest storyline that I'd ever had. My next-door neighbour had had breast cancer, so it was a story that I was desperate to tell. So to have to go um, you know, back to work and say, you're going to have to write me out for you know, a period of time because I'm not going to be able to play the story, I was kind of devastated by it all. But then that was realization that I did need to get well myself and, you know, 
it's very strange because it felt like the two Sallies merged almost. And I've always, you know, been very separate from the other Sally. But suddenly we were both in this situation. It was, it felt a very, very strange time. And every time I look back on it, I think, God, I just can't, I can't quite believe that that actually happened. I know. It's um, just... But it saved my life. So, you know, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Other yeah. Sally saved your life. Yes, she did. Um, yeah, and it is hard because, you know, you're a big family. I remember um, I had to tell, I had this scene. Everyone knew that's, uh, that I had breast cancer and it was the story to write, kind of write me out. That I had a scene with Alison King plays Carla and I had to go into her office and say, Carla, I'm so sorry, I can't work. I've got breast cancer. And, oh, my gosh, you could have heard a pin drop in that room because everyone knew that I had it and it was just so hard. But I was determined not to just walk away. I wanted to leave the story. I wanted to finish off a tiny bit of the story that Sally had gone away to stay with her auntie to get well. I didn't want to just walk away and the audience didn't know where she'd gone. Um, But you had to deliver that line in the knowledge that, you, Sally, did have breast cancer. Yeah. Wow. And hard for your family too. Yeah, yeah, it was it was hard for my family. I mean, Hattie was so young that she didn't really understand. And in fact, you know, it's only in the last few years that she's come to realise why sometimes she feels anxious. And I think it was because she didn't realise what... So I remember a little girl came around to play and she... and. The little girl said to Hattie, oh, your mum's bald. Why is your mum bald? And she said, oh, she's got cancer because they didn't understand. And that made me, that really pleased me that they were just talking about it like it was, you know, like a cold. Um, but it's only recently Hattie and I have talked about it. And she said, you know, I, I didn't, then people in the street would say, and she'd be with me and they'd say things like, oh, you know, I lost my sister the other day. She died of breast cancer and I'd be comforting them. And then Hattie said, I suddenly kind of, what I worked it out in my head that I could have lost you, and um, yeah, that was that was it's you know quite quite strange, but but we all got through it. I mean, the uh, Sam and Phoebe were teenagers, so you know they they were, and and Tim was amazing because um, he was saying, which was quite right, really, how we deal with it will be how the children deal with it. And that was, you know, the best advice really ever was, you know, we um, we made it into a positive time almost. And Tim and I go for walks, and we go for lunch, and we'd go, go and watch films, and you know, we had a we. It, I had, you know, eight months off or something. It was a wonderful eight months because I was at home, and when I wasn't well, I was asleep, and when I was, I was bright as a button and being mum again. So. Yeah, life throws these things, and and it's how we deal with them, isn't it? Mm. You're very positive. I know. I I think yeah, Tim and I are both quite positive, which we're really lucky to have that because, um, I can imagine if you don't feel like that, it can be ten times worse than going through something like that. Is it harder to be positive as you get older? Do you think? No, I I, I mean now I'm, you know, I I think I'm fitter, healthier, having more fun, doing things, 
you know, doing the things that I hadn't done for years. I think 60 is wonderful. I'm really, really enjoying being 60. I mean, apart from this year, but next year I'm going to really, really enjoy being 60. I'm, I go to the gym a lot and I'm swimming a lot and I'm meeting other women and I love that. I love, there's a, a lady I swim with. She's 80-ish called Rose. She does 80 lengths every morning in the pool. And, you know, I'm so inspired by her because I just think this is it. I've just got to keep my brain going. I've got to go and see plays. I've got to see art. I've got to listen to music. I've got to do my classes, talk to other women. But are you going to be Bill Roach, Barbara Knox, Sue Nichols? Yeah, I mean, I hope so because I'll tell you what, there is fit as fiddles and they have got brains like I mean they're amazing they know all the lines they they come into work they're as sparky as anything and um I really think that you know by work for me for working um that it'll help me with um old age I'm so yeah I'm gonna stay if they'll help me they might they might not want me. <laughs> and, you know, going back to your girls who are beginning their career in acting, is that an enormous pleasure for you, just being able to to watch them? Or is there a bit of, oh, God, I wish I'd done that? No. Oh, no. I mean, I'm living my life through my kids now. Um, you know, my son as well. My son's happy. He's living in London and he's just moved in with his girlfriend and he's really happy. And that just brings me so much joy. And when I see, you know, what Phoebe's up to, um, I get so excited because that's not my world, but her world is really exciting. So I'm like, kind of like, wow, I love all this. It's great. And I love watching Hattie getting more confident and, you know, enjoying her job on Waterloo Road. And and it's all these little things, isn't it, that bring you pleasure, like, you know, the kids being happy. You're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And when the three of them are all really happy, honestly, I'm like, yeah, skipping. Mm. Are you going to do the bingo then? I will, I will. So this is uh, our big six of bingo. So Karen, uh, I want to you. a couple of numbers, uh, Sally, between one and 60. Um, 55. Ooh, ever had a one night stand? Yes. <laughs> many, many years ago, obviously. Um, yeah, I've been married for 28 years. So yeah, a long time, a long time ago. Would you recommend it? No. <laughs> no, actually, yes. When you're young, great. Yeah, go for it. If you're if you're older and on your own, yeah, go for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Denise Did Welsh was right. Yes, yes. Um, so do you have <laughs> Yeah, I think I have actually. Yeah, many moons ago. And would you do it now? Well, if Stephen wasn't around, probably. Yeah. Would you? Oh God, I. You see that? <laughs> she doesn't believe me. No, she's <laughs> dead from the waist down. Give us a second number. Forty-three. Well, this comes up quite a lot. If you could have a million pounds and another ten years of life, or another twenty years and no cash. <gasps> oh gosh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Twenty and no cash. I think. Would you? Yeah. So, I guess if you've had some scares in life as well, I think you want just to kind of make the most of. Or if there's another 20 years going, then you'd go for it, would you not? Hmm. I don't yeah. know. I like the money, I, I have to know. say. I'd have 10 <laughs> fabulous years, I tell you. <laughs> but to each their own, as they you say. Have a wee taste of life like mine is. No, I'll definitely take the 10 years in the cash. Thank you. 
Um, Sally, listen, thank you so much. It's been really lovely to speak to you. Thank you. Oh, you too. Thank you both so much. I've really enjoyed it. That's it for this week. Remember to get your suggestions in for Karen's new career. What do you think she'd be good at? Podcast at htb60.com is the email address. Next week, Bonnie Langford, who I'm sure is going to be dying to hear all about my plans for a new sex toy called Opportunity Knocks.